0: Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to the weekly Manchester United show. I'm your host, as always, Phil Brad. you my fantastic regular co host, Carl McGuigan. We discuss, of course, everything that's going on at Manchester United, of which there is a lot. Uh, a lot has been happening over the last few days. Um, it seems like United are always making news, and uh, it seems like every day is a well, One day we have a positive day, the next day the club goes into a tailspin. First of all, me you down?
1: All good, mate. All good. Happy to be back. We we'll had a wee week off, and I think we've got a, a bit of abuse on Twitter for not uh, updating everyone on the on the ongoings and the goings in-goings right. and everything that's happening at our crazy club. So, um,
0: yeah, happy to be back. Uh, <laughs> yes, there's been so much going on. And obviously, um, we had 4th of July holiday here, so we were off yesterday. We'll talk about the Ronaldo situation. We'll talk about, of course, Ericsson. We'll talk about what the latest is with the young and some other uh, situations. Yeah. Um, the first thing I do want to talk about is Cristiano Ronaldo's situation with what came out over the last few days. With Duncan Castles breaking the story that Ronaldo had asked for a transfer. <clears throat> what I will say is, about a week or so before that, when the story was first really coming out that there was issues with Ronaldo behind the scenes, at the football club, it wasn't a massive shock to lots of people that have been informed about what's been going on. Look, Ronaldo's had issues with Harry Maguire. Ronaldo's had issues with players inside that dressing room. There is no question about it, and. You and I have talked about whether he is a problem or the problem. We have different opinions on this. Um, but what is a disaster for United, who are very image conscious, is the reasons for this. This is the thing that hurts the most. This is what makes it, the club difficult to sell to sponsors. We need to rely heavily on that revenue. And there's other concern and metrics that United need to pay attention to. There's also, of course, the fact that he you know, didn't budget for a central striker this summer, and they only had Ronaldo. And then there's the other part of this. Look, whatever you said on this issue, there's probably no wrong side. With Ronaldo, Ronaldo asks the same of you that he asks of himself. So that I can't fault him for. However, if Manchester United were a Champions League challenging team, Cristiano Ronaldo would never have been brought back. Cristiano Ronaldo is in a similar situation to Manchester United in that he's a great past his best. And any team that wants to win the European Cup or is capable of winning the European Cup isn't looking at Cristiano Ronaldo and saying, he's what we need. Yes, he brings goals, but there's a cost-benefit to everything. And as United fans, we accentuate the positive, of course. But there's some negatives there too. And when you look at Ronaldo's, I mean, Ranick pointed out, he's not a pressing monster. When you look at United's defensive problems... The question is, what's the cost to accommodate him? And this feels nothing like 2009 when you left, personally. I'm, I'm ambivalent about it. Okay, so i I bring it back a few weeks ago
1: when we spoke on this podcast and I hammered, you know, for not signing another striker. I brought up that we should have done it in January. You had a bit of a go at me saying, well, no, not really, because why are we going to back Randy whenever he's not going to be the man in charge, which is a fair point, but this just shows you the ineptitude of the ongoings at Manchester United, of the people in power at United that they can get this so wrong again, and let someone like Darwin Muniz slip through the cracks because he could have been a Manchester United player if we threw enough money at him. Now you bear in mind the wages that Cristiano Ronaldo's on. We're talking what three hundred and fifty k a week. No, he's on a
0: lot. Who
1: are, who are we going to? Well, I think it's three hundred and fifty k a week. I'm not too sure. It might be maybe a bit more than that. But even at that, right, who is it that we're going to get to replace him? Mm. Because you can't let him go. We we need a striker. Forget about if Ronaldo goes or he doesn't go. We need a striker. And that's why why I brought up on Twitter yesterday about Gabriel Jesus. Arsenal just signed him for nothing. Gabriel Jesus will score 20 goals a season for Arsenal, no problem. He's done it in two seasons at City. He's been out in the right and the left and here, there and everywhere at City. They didn't play him as a, as a striker, really. They played him out in the right. They played him a bit in the left too. He's a he's the type of player that can play anywhere along the front line. He's someone that we need. He's a, sc- a goal scorer. We need that. And he is the type of player that we should have went and got, regardless of if we we're keeping Ronaldo or not. But now we're in a situation where we haven't even got the luxury. If Ronaldo leaves, we have no one. We're going to have Anthony Martial back in there.
0: Well, look, United cannot go into the straight season without turning a striker if Ronaldo leaves, which is very likely. It's just utterly impossible, and they, and they won't. Um, they'll, they'll send a striker and they send a wide striker. But Gabby Jesus wasn't trusted as a central number nine by, um, I mean, G- Pep Guardiola talked ad nauseum about the fact he didn't have a central number nine when he had Gabby Jesus on his books. So um, he didn't need a central striker. Calm, uh, not a guy that can flip between the wings. They have a number of those players. players guys no, but play he was talent. moved
1: there to suit how City played. It wasn't because he, he's a fox in the box type but, of striker. You've seen him in the season gone back.
0: Ten Hag has a very similar uh, perception of how football should be played as Pep Guardiola. He was Pep Guardiola's assistant. So you're going to see similarities in how they want to play and it'll not be executed to see him. Obviously, they don't have the players with that technical ability yet, but that's the way he wants to play football. That's the way his Ajax team played football. And so if you look at the way Pep Guardiola didn't trust Jesus as a number nine, right, also the fact that City aren't selling Gabby Jesus to Manchester United. To me, I, I I couldn't care less whether Gabby... I don't think Gabby Jesus will get Arsenal into the top four. I don't think Gabby Jesus is going to make a massive difference beyond what Aubameyang and Lacazette were. I think he'll be a good player for them, probably get 18 to 20 goals a season, not bad, but not be the difference. <clears throat> United, when it comes to Darwin Nunez, we talked about this before. Look, there's some realities we faced here, whether we want to face them or not. United don't have the money. Richard Arnold has already said this. Richard Arnold okay, said this. But
1: is there not going to be money available from if Ronaldo does leave that big? You said it's over this, 350k a week.
0: Yeah, but that's just wages, man. You're talking about how do you structure a fee. And here's the other part that's very, very concerning for Manchester United. If you want to borrow money, you know, can't borrow money right now because the cost of borrowing money just went up. So mm-hmm. that is not the same price as what it once was. So... If you look at how United have been doing business over the last couple of years, I mean, two years ago when that pandemic hit, they barred 100 million operating costs. Glazer sold non-vote shares last season for 127, circa, 127 million, <clears throat> which the club saw none of. This is a football club, as Richard Arnold said. Just doesn't have the resources to do the business that it wants to do. Now, that's another topic. Why and, and who's accountable for all that? We, we can talk about that. But... United are not in a position to go out and spend £150 million on a striker and strengthen other positions. They just aren't. and they Okay, so
1: so then what, what if, if you lose Ronaldo, you lose the firing line, you lose the best player on your team, you lose the, the be-all and end-all of our last season, because without Ronaldo last season, we were nothing. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So where do we go from there? Who do we send? Because there's no one out there at the moment. I've I've thrown Harry Kane's name about. You're you're going to tell me that there's no chance of Harry Kane because we're not we don't have the money. So who do we have the money for? We're going to
0: sign. We're going to go and sign Ivan Tony from Branco. Is that what's going to come to? You? And it's not just about that. It's but you have to face a number, a number of other factors, right? And this is the same factor that Ronaldo's going to have to face. Look, if Cristiano Ronaldo was a world-class striker, Cristiano Ronaldo wouldn't be at Manchester United, right? Because you don't go to Manchester United last season Okay, sorry, trophies. let me, oh, let me on, stop. No. You no, there. No, let me finish. Ronaldo's a world-class striker. He is a world-class striker. Come on, I can't say he's not. Tell me one one of the top five teams in the world that would sign him. him. Juventus have said that they they take him. Top five the
1: yeah, I'd, I'd say Juventus are are sneaking in the top five team in the world.
0: Juventus, were so. Let's talk about top five teams that are capable of winning the Champions League. By the way, Juventus won't touch him. But let's uh let's talk about that. Would he go to the, the Bayern Munich?
1: Would he go to Bayern Munich? Absolutely. No. Do you he think wouldn't. Bayern
0: Munich are, get, are, are going to send Cristiano Ronaldo? You think that they're Should, like they've Cristiano already Ronaldo been? been it's already
1: been. Well, been. there's sp- been rumors that that yeah, yeah. it's been speculated on. I'd say he would definitely go to Bar Munich and Bar Munich would definitely take him. Okay, because well, he's, well, a, he's if that's
0: the a, a case, then it's an easy deal to do. It is. So of I'm course gonna, it is. And that's, that's what everyone well, says. I'm going to make you a bet right now that none of the top five teams in Europe that are capable of winning the Champions League move for Ronaldo.
1: I'm going to bet I you. I just that. think, like, you you saying that he's not world class is ridiculous. I think well, you no, saying no, 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 that he, he wouldn't he, say any he, team, any team.
0: He in is Europe a world class finisher. Ronaldo. We need to look at how the football has changed and how we value and how we rate players. You would no longer rate a right back with the same stats 20 years ago that you would today because the game has changed no, completely. Agree. So, so Cristiano we're not Ronaldo about as a right goal backs. scorer, listen, as a goal yeah. scorer, you put the ball in front of him, he's going to score goals. But there's cost benefit, everything. Right. And nah, you have managers saying last season United are easier to play against with Ronaldo. Yes, he has pluses, of course he does. But the negatives are there too. And as, as I'm saying, come, if Cristiano Ronaldo, by the way, a year ago, was that much in demand by top clubs, United wouldn't have gotten near him. Because if you're managing Cristiano Ronaldo's career and you're saying, we're going to take you to a club that's capable of winning the Champions League, Manchester aren't that. And even if they had to qualify for the Champions League, they're still a million miles away from winning it. And so to me, it's like he did an interview a month ago to the day, talking about how excited he was with Ten Hag and how everyone needs to get behind him. Did, 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 did he not work out right at that point that he hadn't qualified for the Champions League? Mm. Man, no, it's look, nonsense. I-
1: I, well, I completely disagree with some of the points you've made, which is fine, because we, we can disagree on so things. But I just think it's why do I think he wants out? I think there's probably a part of him knows that he's probably only got two more years at this level he's going to end up supporting in his bomb. I don't know. He probably he probably found it out halfway through last season when he realized that he couldn't really So he's not not at the same stick. level
0: anymore. He found out halfway through the season he's not the same level anymore. But,
1: but he still works last level.
0: Well, he's still a class finisher, but world class gets you into a world class team, right? Would Liverpool take him?
1: Would okay. Liverpool take Ronaldo? Forget about all the United stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Would any team in the world well, take Ronaldo? Absolutely. Why? you you know it's never going to happen. There's no okay, point so in the but, but thinking right, about forget
0: it. Forget about Liverpool. Any other team? Where, where are they? Well, said, said he want, said he wanted him last year, but uh, well, that's what we were led to believe. And then well, it came okay, out afterwards well, that, that was nonsense.
1: Well, well so yeah, all it's all saying, well, isn't it, really? So,
0: but let's, be, let's put it like this, calm. If you're ruthlessly pursuing trophies and you choose United over City... <laughs> why?
1: Because he chose United because he has an allegiance to Manchester United. That's he spoke not then what was He doesn't
0: have today. He doesn't have an allegiance today.
1: No, he does. He's came for a okay, season. Okay, so let's that allegiance means be honest. nothing to him. No, 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 no. Well, let's be honest. Forget about the, the allegiance thing for one second, right? I know I've just said it and I agree with it. However, if you think about how <laughs> bad we were last season, um, how can you expect one of the best players in the world to stay at your, at your club whenever listen, it's an absolute shit show? I you you've come on this no, podcast no. every week and spoke listen, about how bad the club has run. He's used to very good doubt. clubs.
0: But hold on. Yeah, he's,
1: he's used to used to Real Madrid, he's used to Juventus. These are well run clubs. None right? of this well-run is in
0: but everything you're yeah, talking so about existed twelve months ago, and everything you're talking about existed four. But weeks I don't ago? think
1: he, re- yeah. But I don't think he, he realized what, how bad he, it was. And now so it he wasn't seen too bright four happen- weeks ago. How bad it was? No, I don't think it was. It wasn't too bright. But I think four weeks ago he probably thought, okay, let us <laughs> see how we how we get off the good start in this transfer market. Let's see if we so if we back the me, squad like the, the Glazers have promised. So hasn't you're,
0: happened? You're saying to me that Cristiano Ronaldo wanted Darwin Nunez saying to play in his position. I, I you just put words into my mouth and I've said what what hasn't happened that Ronaldo was told and expected to happen. I'm not saying made, no, no promises. No harm. So, okay, but no we're sitting harm. here to first and it was today. Yeah. Okay,
1: but, 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 look We're sitting, we're look sitting look here when he July last season.
0: When did he leave Juventus no. last season? I, I I understand what you're saying just stop for a minute, right? you you're Cristiano Ronaldo. You can say for any football club in the world. Any football club in the world at any day any You just said he couldn't no, no, no. I'm I'm using your argument. If you're Cristiano Ronaldo and you you're the you're the most elite one of the most elite strikers in the world, you can go anywhere you want. And as soon as you turn around and put in a transfer request, you're gonna have clubs falling hard Fest to sign you. Okay, fine, mm-hmm. right? He left Juventus on the last day of the window last season. The time to throw the toys at the prom over signings isn't the first of July. You can wait to well, mid-August and go. You know what? Now I'm losing confidence. Now you're not delivered on promises. And if he turns around in mid-August and says, "You know what? I no longer believe the club," and and gives that reason, then fine, I agree with them. Because, well, no, I don't a- because we're, we're July
1: fifth. We're July fifth, right? Aye. We're July fifth, and we've just made our first training for this. So what? Just, just. What do you mean? So what? This is a season unlike any other because it starts a bit earlier. We're going on pre-season tour on Friday. Nothing sorted. He's not even back in training yet. It's an absolute shambles. Listen. It's as simple as that. It's a shambles.
0: <clears throat> we have spoken ad nauseum about what they expect transfer-wise this summer. And what have I been telling you? I understand. So what if been a been stroke like me, me gets
1: it, I'm ta- why doesn't Ronaldo yeah, get it? But that's what I'm saying. This is, uh, <laughs> come on. This is,
0: what, this is my point. They're filling his head full of nonsense. <laughs> telling to but go I back knew this was nonsense. I knew this was nonsense with a simple extrapolation of logic. It was nonsense. Anyone who believed that you know we're going to go out in the galactical market, we're going to get Kirby Kayan, we're going to get this guy, we're going to get that guy. It's madness. Now, a like me knew it. So, how did Ronaldo not know it? How did his agent who works in that business not know it? Mate, come on now. And I, that's I just does not think- have good reasons. <clears throat> And that's I think those reasons
1: are that we well, haven't been back. He's not happy with maybe. Okay. Maybe he spoke to Ten, for all we know he could have spoke to Ten Hag and Ten Hag said, "Look, you're not in our plans. Let's just leave this way." And he's came out with his agents came out with, "Like he's going to leave because it doesn't. He doesn't want to look as if Ten Hag's upset." No, cart. Okay. Maybe, but, maybe that's it. Well we don't know. Do you know what, but, what I mean? It's all hearsay. But, but the only thing that we can hope is that there's a reaction like when Liverpool, when Coutinho left Liverpool, and there was a there was a spark. There was something happened. It made Liverpool more aggressive in the transfer mm-hmm. market. It made every player stand up. It made everyone be counted for. And you know what? They went out and they absolutely smised it every season since he left. Yeah. And he should never have left. Maybe it's the same thing's going to happen whenever Ronaldo leaves. And if he does leave, we're in the ship. We're in the ship big time because we've got no one up front. We're relying on a front three of Riceford, Sancho, is Greenwood going to be back? Is it going to be Martial? We don't know. Is it going to end up that we're going to have to throw in a kid halfway through the season? Because the striker that we do sign is going to be someone who no one wanted, no one knew. He's not up to standard and we're going to have to change things again. Is that what it's going to come down to? Because well, we're not proactive in the transfer market. Big... I came to this point a few weeks ago. We're reactive, not proactive. And this is just showing it again. And... Because we're reactive to the situation of Ronaldo leaving we're proactive in backing him up. But he just told them two days ago. Did he though? That's yes. again. That's hearsay. We don't know no, if that's no, true or not. This listen, this conversation could have happened. Man, no, but no. Let me tell listen, you what. I know. One second. Okay, I know you. You can one second. You can tell me what you know. What I'm saying is, me and you both know the track record of the rats inside this football club at the helm. Do things a different way than me and you or anyone else in the world. They do things completely different. So is it that? Up to this point, Ronaldo was happy. He's went, you know what? man, nah, I'm not happening anymore. Is it, is it up to this point that he's been asking the leave since January? And they've told him, no, you're staying. No, you're staying. No, you're staying. And now he's finally he said, you know what? Toys out the pram. My agent's going to put this out. Amen. Is man. It, is, it that, is that the case?
0: Here's the thing. Because it could be. <sighs> he played for the Glazers in 2009. They were the same people then that they are today. He signed for them a year ago. They were the same people then and they were doing the same things then that they're doing today. Every reason that Ronaldo was given, he could have give on the last day of the season and said, I'm out. In which case I had a turn around and said, you know what? That makes sense. Right. That maybe a, he didn't. They oh, didn't hold, on, exactly. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, he didn't. Right. That's why it's not out there. That's why it's out there now. Right. That's why he did an interview four weeks ago saying completely the opposite. Right. So clearly it's a multi-dimensional problem, but to turn around and say it's none of it's Ronaldo's fault and that he's blameless is ridiculous. Secondly, spur me the bullshit of I love his football club. I want you to do me a favour. I want you to Google. There's an article out there that shows 20 things Cristiano Ronaldo said about Manchester United over the last 10 years since he's been gone. Every one of them's a lie. What about his love for Ferguson? Right? Apparently, one of the reasons he came back was Ferguson. What did he say? I would never sign for another team in England. 12 months later, not so much, Cristiano Right? If he goes to Chelsea, United... Not going to happen. We say, why, why wouldn't that happen? It's never going it to happen. Why wouldn't that happen? Because he's not going to say think, if Chelsea make making... an offer for him, that'll be the best club I'm making an offer for him, I guarantee it.
1: No, I, I disagree on that. And well, I don't well, think Tuchel would well, want him either. I don't think Tuchel would... I don't think Tuchel would say no to him, but I don't think he would actively go for him. I no. don't think United would sell to Chelsea The another thing the Premier League did rather... Just let him see out his contract. I just can't see him going to Chelsea.
0: You bring Cristiano Ronaldo to your football club, you face the same problem with Manchester United face. He has to start every week. If you're a team capable of winning the Champions League, you already have a player in that position because you can't be a team capable of winning the Champions League without a top player in that position. So I guarantee you there's no club capable of winning the Champions League sitting down going, we need Cristiano Ronaldo in our dressing room.
1: Well, I just think it's ludicrous. And for him to go to another there.
0: club to get to one of these, he's going to have to do things he's not willing to do at United. Take a pay cut. Be willing to sit in the bench. Not start every week. These are things he isn't willing to do at United. So if he's not willing to do, so willing to do it, then get him out. Go. I have no problems with people wanting to leave. Listen, I, I, I've said Faridah's pub, we should leave if he has ambition. There's nothing wrong with that, and I completely understand that. But there's nothing... That Cristiano Ronaldo was saying today that wasn't obvious a year ago It wasn't obvious six months ago It wasn't obvious today okay.
1: Can I just make it clear though I think he should be allowed to go if he wants to go I think there's nothing wrong of with course. him reason. The problem I have is that we've got nothing to back up That's why I'm saying don't let him go well- We've got no one else. No. We're going no. to end up with Anthony Marshall that we got rid of like this time last Look, year because you, he wasn't good no, enough.
0: No, United will not go in this season without sending the Schlager for another League.
1: Yeah, but no no no, but that's fine. Of course we're gonna sign someone I'm not saying that, Phil. But what I'm saying is we're not gonna sign someone good enough. Can't. It's as simple as that. There's no one Perhaps out there. Perhaps
0: not, but we need to face reality, mate. All right? Manchester United are massive to you and me, but the top class players that have a choice where they can sign for other clubs, there's far more attractive okay, so-
1: options. So a lot of the questions coming in is who are we going to sign. We'll get there so on, we'll on. have to we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to get on that. Yeah, I'll
0: move on. I'll move on. So with Ronaldo's situation, right? The my view that is this. <clears throat> he probably has good reasons, right? The timing of it's a disgrace. The way it's come out is a disgrace. It should have been done completely differently. He owed the club, he owed the fans, he owed Ferguson, he owed everybody much more respect than this, right? It's petulant strap. It's always been about Cristiano Ronaldo always a marriage of convenience. It's always about him. He's never the problem. He's all in his mind, right? So to me, to think that I, I, I respect the guy. I think yeah, I, I loved having him there, right? But if you looked at his statistics last season, I mean, uh, he, he I think Ranik was his first one goal in first ten in ten games. Uh, in the end, he scored the, the hat-tricks against Norwich and, and, and Spurs, right? But there was a lot of games where you could see there was gaps in his game. You could see ball drops in the box, he finished finish it. But I saw so many times him getting caught in possession outside the box, him giving the ball away, I, I, I him, when teams playing out from the back, were cruising out from the back into the second transitions, right? So he's not without cost. And to be honest, I honestly feel if United come go out and send a young striker, right? I think it's actually a, a benefit. The question is, where does the money come from? And that's... Well, I agree with you. Me. Sorry, so, Sorry so can I, I just make I'm, it clear? Really I agree. If we,
1: out, if we can go out and send a young, top-class striker, absolutely.
0: Who Who is it? Mason Greenwood's a bigger because... loss on the pitch than Ronaldo. Uh, and yes, right now. No. Right. So, I think in that s- scenario where Mason Greenwood... Cut out on me a bit, man. Uh, <clears throat> we're, we're, obviously, I'm not saying he should be back or anything. It always has to come with a caveat. Um, well, move on. Uh, Lissandro Martinez. So with Lissandro Martinez, spoke to people at the football club and they're very confident on him. So I suspect that Lissandro Martinez will become a Manchester United player uh, this week. And I think the club are expecting that too. Uh, they're very positive on it. They're, of course, the great news about Christian Eriksen, which I think is a brilliant signing, a truly brilliant yeah. signing. Um, Lissandro Martinez is a left-footed centre-back, ball-playing centre-backs. Exactly what you needed missing, and uh, I think they deserve credit if they can pull that deal off. Christian Eriksen, Masiala, Lissandro Martinez in one week isn't a bad week.
1: Absolutely, and I think you know Christian Eriksen's thirty. He's an upgrade on Mata. He's someone that we need. He's some. He's yeah. Again, like this is this is what we need. I think Lissandro Martinez, you said there, we're under the illusion that it's it's almost done. The only the only time with, with him is that worries me is that Lissandro Martinez is a very rice footballer. He's almost like Marcus Rocco at times. He's a better player than Marcus Rocco, but in terms of his riceness, I just don't know. I think he'll have a tough first season at United, Could be wrong, but I think like the first season in the Premier League is going to be tough for him. He's very rice. He's a very good very good player, but he's he's someone that mm. could make a lot of mistakes, and we just need to get behind. I think ideally you you play him with Varane, so it leaves at least Harry Maguire on the bench, or do we move the five at the back? Um, I'm not too sure. Maybe maybe that's something that Ten Hag's thinking about. But I think this week, you know, the signings that that we've made so far, it, it's looking up.
0: Um, I'm not so concerned about it being right Look, he's an Argentinian <laughs> international, and if you look at his record last season. Uh, Zero rare cards right, in the in the Dutch League. Zero rare cards in the Dutch League. Yeah. Right? He's got four yellow cards in 2020-21. In four yellow cards in 2022. There's nothing right there to me that would concern me. Look at the Champions League. No sentence off. One yellow card. I'm trying to see where the righteousness is. So to me, think if there is one concern, it's five foot nine. And so a little bit small. So I would worry a wee bit about on set pieces when United are weak, right? But United badly need a player that can play out from the back because are, if you take a look at United's goals last season, they scored four from counter-attack. Now, compare that to their previous season. So clearly United's transitions, their movement out from the back is so slow and labored. Teams get set against them really easy, which is why they finished with a zero-goal difference. They need players that are technical, that are quick. You know, to play in the Premier League, it used to be about physicality, but it's about much more than that now. You need to be technical, you need to have ability, you need to be able to play from the back. You take a look at Joel Matip and, and Van Dijk, right? I mean, technical players, physical too. And I think, you know, Lissandro Martinez is, is, is 24 years of age, good price. Uh, if you look at who also else wanted him, Arteta, very similar in the way he plays, in the way, because for this, he wanted him for, of course, the same reasons um so to me i think excellent signing and uh i think someone that ten hog knows really doesn't matter what you and i think it matters what ten hog thinks this is someone that he rates that he feels that can come in and give him something that you don't have but also calm i think it's really important is that you have to fester the right atmosphere inside that dressing room to get a collective spirit you do that with people you know with people you trust with people who also trust you you don't have to earn that trust You know, one of the players' issues with Ranik last season was when he was coming out and letting them in the press conferences, they felt it was unfair because they said, listen, it's not just about what we've done. The club have let us down. The club have done this. The club have done that. They've broken promises. You know, this is where Ronaldo does have a point. Right. And so I think they felt upset where they felt you're not telling the whole story here. It's not just about us. So I think yeah. it's really important when you're bringing in four and five players where you're completely changing the dynamic of a dressing room, you're bringing in players that you know that players you're not going to have to win over and all that. There. And I think this is what yeah. makes, why, why it makes sense.
1: Well, look, I just want to clarify my, my, my point on the, the riceness Is We all know his nickname, the Butcher of Amsterdam. Um, he commits a lot of fouls. Yes, he doesn't get sent off. He actually doesn't pick up too many yellows, but he's very rice, right. He commits Perfect. a lot of fouls. He's, he's someone that, so yes, he's going to improve. That's that. No, I agree with you. Look, I mean, we need... Look, Ten Hag's worked with him closely. He obviously rates him a lot if we're if we're going for him. He's just very rice in terms of he commits a lot of fouls. But look, we need someone like that at the back. We need someone that's going to throw it about. We haven't got anyone. We haven't got any real leaders in our back line. We've got Harry Maguire, who's had a terrible couple of years. So let's hope that it can um, give him a kick up the backside as well. But going forward, obviously... You're looking at that left back position. Do do we maybe let Brandon Williams go? Do we let him and Telles
0: both go now? I think they will. Yeah, both. Uh, things, well, this, this know, summer, us had that bust up with Mabry a couple of months yeah. ago, and uh, hasn't really looked. It hasn't really looked like he needed a player. <clears> right, he got a run of games. It was an, it was a difficult for him because he was being put in, put out, put in, put out, and it's hard to get momentum when you're doing that. But he did have a run of games when Luke Shaw was injured, and at times he was absolutely atrocious. I mean I clearly, clearly, clearly he uh Ten Hugs is a problem on the left left hand side. And I think when we look at Luke Shaw, when we got some of the best form out of Luke Shaw, was when he had legitimate pressure for his position. I would have preferred to see a right back sign, but um but I think you know 13 million United were smart on how they went about <laughs> that business, they should deserve credit because they get battered mm-hmm. sometimes. But I think they deserve credit. Uh with Frankie Dion <clears throat> so I spoke to people this morning about De Jong, and I was asking them, what would be the appropriate comment? Would the appropriate comment be that there's still optimism on that deal? And what I was told is but, cautiously positive, um, but he has a big, complicated contract with Barca, It's as uh, illustrated in market today. Extricating him from that is not an overnight task, but uh, this is one of the reasons why it's moving slowly. So they're still cautiously optimistic they still feel it's going to get done they weren't concerned about Joan Laporte's comments Joan Laporte if you have no intentions of selling the player then you'd say that in day 1 you don't say that in day okay. 20 or day 30 yeah. and if you had no intentions of selling the player this would have been done day 1 so you know it's all bluster it's nonsense to me um, i still feel i'm less confident I will say than what it was before but I, I, I'm looking at some of the new... Um, I st- I'm still confident on I still think Ned will do it uh, for a couple of reasons. They're obviously also conscious of their image being tarnished. This is the second time, you know, of course, Pogba said this as well, or, uh, sorry, Rooney said this as well, um, about questioning his ambition, it looks terrible for them. And it was easier to get away with them under Ferguson because they actually were winning trophies. Now they're not. And the Glazers, as we'll get into in a bit, when it comes to the financial side, are in a, a sticky situation. I right? make no mistake about that. They're not multi-billionaires, and so looking at United's share price again today, coming down after the Ronaldo news, it's very concerning. Um, that matters when it comes to things like borrowing money. Uh, of course, you never have to pay more to borrow money. The Fed's will increase the interest rate. That is a big concern. Uh, but anyway. With Frankie Can I ask
1: you a question on that? Go ahead.
0: Right. So if if we come out of this summer with
1: Malassie, Martinez, Eriksson, De Jong, and we keep Ronaldo and don't sign another striker, would you consider that a successful transfer window?
0: I would say it's 7 out of 10. I would say a perfect transfer window would be... A right back, another right back added into that, and uh, and, a, and a, another a, a, a younger central striker that you can start to integrate into the team over a period of time, uh, where you can play him, Where look, like, you're going to have five subs next season. You get the Europa League, <clears throat> but it's not a million miles away in January when you consider the break in the season, in the World Cup. So I think for me, you need to have a problem in the sense that they wanted to put the striker deal off the next season which is fine. That's when they will, of course, have more money to spend. Like Liverpool, where if you've got one or two positions to address, you can afford to spend 80, 90 million on striker, especially when you're selling your other one, uh, selling your money. <clears throat> so to me, I think uh, United obviously have different needs. They're trying to spread that budget. As I was saying before, it, United just don't have the resources to go out and spend a couple of hundred million on players, even if it's needed. and So... When you're listening to people like you and everything saying they need 10 11 players, that's not untrue. But there was no way it was going to happen in one window. And I don't think it should happen in one window either. Uh, so I think um, where I would be concerned, we'll get into questions in a minute, Con, <clears throat> about the Glazers is a couple of things. One, and I strongly recommend people go listen to the Jim O'Neill podcast on United We Stand and Andy Mitten. That is fantastic. Really, really, really good. Jim, of course, is an economist, Manchester United Fund, and famous for the financial acronym BRIC, Brazil, Russia, India, China, who does a really deep analysis on the Glazers, their finances, the <coughs> potential threats and motivations to the football club. And obviously the S&P is down. It's been down because of market tastes. But if you look at the S&P, you look at the Glazers during the last 10 years. The last 10 years prior to this current crash was the best 10 years in the history for US stocks but that never happened for Manchester United. Manchester United never had that inflation or that increase. And now the share price has dropped again. And for me, I think that's indicative of the fact that the market has worked out that the Glazers are bad owners for Manchester United. Now, it doesn't have an immediate impact on the club because it only has an impact on the club if you need to borrow money uh, or if you need to sell shares. United have limited revenue streams. They have TV. They have marketing revenue, player sales, of course uh gate receipts their marketing revenue has not increased at all over the last four years and as i said to you, you look at the last two years they borrowed 100 million for operating costs then glazers cashed in and selling non-voting shares why anyone would buy non-voting shares i don't understand they're a total waste of time uh for 100 plus million that's not a family sitting on a lot of cash. And if you go back to when the market, crashed, 2008, 2009, that's when they sold Ronaldo. And that's whenever you got the summer of Owen, Oberton, and uh, <clears throat> Valencia. For the same reason, they cancelled the Dem Leitch deal because they couldn't pay for the month; They couldn't pay his fee. And when I look at that, and I look at what are the motivations for the Glazers to the own Manchester United, unless there's an immediate windfall, which can only come in one of two ways. The Super League... And they will be back on the Super League, have no doubt about that, or streaming rights. But if you look at that Chelsea takeover, that Todd Bowley Chelsea takeover, one of the clauses that was inserted in there was a Glazer clause, which is making it harder for people to take out money. If that's enforced across the board, then you ask yourself, what's the motivation for the Glazers to continue to own this? It's getting harder to take out money. The value of the football club is dropping. The value of the brand is dropping. They're not putting money in. And we know their only interest in Manchester United is financial. We know that. So I'm questioning how long have they got? Because this is perhaps one positive, if you're anti-Glazer, you should be. If they can't arrest this slide this summer, the business that they've done so far will not buy them any time. The fans will turn on them immediately and this will get out of control. United are consciously aware of this. But when you look at where this football club is at, they need to go out and sign players this summer. They know that Frankie Deong is crucial. I mean, if you ask the football club about it, they'll tell you that's 10 hugs it's the guy he really wants. They have to get this deal done over the line. They have to. It's more than a transfer now. It's about sending a message that this football club is still in control of its destiny. And the people that run it are capable of turning this mess around. This is a massive test for them. And they cannot sit on August 31st and tell you that a circle is a square. They can't tell you the you, top sentence. Do you believe that, that the people in charge
1: are worthy enough to turn this around? Do you think they're going to be able to do it? No. Uh,
0: and I, I, honestly, I, I, I don't it. I honestly think for the reasons that I've given before, because this is reflective of a, an ideology. <clears throat> and this is... See, when you heard Richard Arnold say... We wasted a billion pounds. There's a million. Yeah, they, off that, them
1: words are crucial for me. We wasted a billion pounds.
0: Think like, about just that thinking about
1: that. I know it's so not be,
0: Because there's a million off ramps before you get to a billion pounds of waste that you could have taken before you make that mistake. And so to me, the reason why that was allowed to happen was because the Glazers were obviously a part of that. They're the micro-managers. they're the people signing off on transfers. So they can't blame this on anyone else. You know, whenever that whole comment came out about Martial, you know, that was leaked by Mourinho about Joe Glazer not wanting to sell Martial because it was his favourite player. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, the, 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 what, what you're looking at, you, I mean, I don't understand how you can square a circle. It says uh, business needs more investment. We're going to keep paying dividends. You know, to me, I, that makes no sense.
1: I sorry man I've got images of that Winder Joel around Tampa Bay walking around in a Marshall jersey, like. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, I would have major, major concerns about United's ability to arrest the slide because um, I think Ten Hag is a good appointment. I think if he's supported properly, there's there's tremendous potential, um, but it's also going to take City and Liverpool getting weaker. Free United to catch them. And I don't see, like, Ronaldo's right in one sense that United won the league next season. Of course they're not. Right? And if that was your goal, you don't come to United, you go somewhere else. But I think Free United, as I've said many, many times, and I don't want to be tautological totally here, that I don't really think United are that bothered whether they win the league or not. I just think they care about a couple of things that you and I don't care about. I mean, they want it run as a stable business that generates br- revenue. You can do that, finishing top four. And that is the reality of the situation. It's going to take someone working magic with a squad built for top four to win the league, almost like a Spurs situation. And so to me, that won't change until the ownership of this football club changes.
1: I know. I, I mean, like you just, you just think about the business that Spurs have done. Like I was just thinking to myself earlier, the amount of options they have going forward. Compared to what we have Is ludicrous That a, a club like Spurs Are so much better off than us Like We For years We were the team That everyone aspired to be And now we're looking at Spurs Thinking Of how good their sport is I just can't comprehend it
0: so, You know I don't think United you know, is as bad As people make it out to be I don't I think that It's it's poor But I think Obviously We have no we... strength
1: and depth That That's the problem no. I think I think, like, ultimately, we've got 12, 13, very, very good. Other than that, we're we're, we're average.
0: Well, they've got weird depth. And one position, four left backs, and they need a right back. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I mean, there's players at the club that shouldn't be. you uh, should be gone. I don't understand why you loan out Dean Henderson. Surely you can sell him. Right? I don't so we go. that.
1: That's the thing I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on as well, like, Are we going to sign a backup goalkeeper? Is it going to be Tom Heaton as our number two then?
0: Well, I mean, I'm less concerned about that. You know, know, obviously they're looking at backup goalkeepers. It's not a
1: concern, but I mean, we we need a backup goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, they'll they'll get it. There's a billion of them knocking about. You know, if you look at most backup goalkeepers, the Premier League, they're either experienced or very good young players. You know, know, they're not have a problem getting that. That's not my concern. Um, My concern is where they have the money to legitimately strengthen in certain positions um and, and and when you need to address five or six positions in your team and trying to sh- extract that from a budget 140 50 million of course you know we're going to send players around a 40 50 million pound market. it's exactly what they were trying to do it's the that's the market you know to are not shopping and it's no longer in the top level it's in the it's in that middle market where you're hoping to get younger talent that you can develop which is why of course Ten Hag is here. Let's get yeah. to some questions, mate.
1: That that was one of the questions. So that was from John Clark about the backup goalkeeper. Um we've got another question here that that's a good one from Lynn Wilkinson. Do you think that we'll get involved for De no. I could see it, but I don't know because of the the Martinez deal, but I think like De Ligt's very very used to some of the players we've got in terms of the young and the the Ajax boys coming coming in. You've got Malassia, the left-back, Ten Hag, he's used to. Uh, like, if, he, if he's out there and he's available, why are we not going for him? Because a couple of years ago, we were rumoured to be in the market for him. So
0: why not now? Well, a couple of reasons. First of all, they're close on Lissandro Martinez. So they're not going to send two centre-backs. Secondly, what Juventus are asking for him. right? I mean, Chelsea don't want to pay 70 million euro either. right? So it all depends on whether he was available at the right price. But look, Ten Hag knows these people personally. So a move doesn't come about because you wake up one day, so he will have known if there's a potential to send Um or Martinez. He's obviously picked Lissandra Martinez, so United are not going to get involved in that and send another centre back if they send Lissandra Martinez, especially some yeah. like that price, so <laughs> I don't see that happening.
1: Yeah. G- Jason P's asked about Anthony. I just don't see Anthony happening because he's too similar to what we have. He's not He's not a number nine. He's not a direct striker. I think we have too many players that are too like. Anthony so I just can't see it happening I'm not sure what your opinion is on it
0: well I was told that United really like Anthony and I was I was asking about this and I was also asking about a central striker and they had said to me look and I tweeted this of course it's unlikely and it will move highly unlikely we will move for a central striker this summer of course acknowledging how much they liked Anthony so to me I think there's legitimate interest in that uh, it all depends on what the Ajax are willing to sell him for. I think if they were willing to sell him for six, anything less than 60, I think United would be interested in that. Uh, I think... Uh, and, I, and I don't think that's that's awful. I think that's a, uh, there, there's nothing wrong with that. I think you know that's a fair price for him. The question, of course, now becomes with the Ronaldo development, do United I have to shift their attentions elsewhere? If they have 60 million for an Anthony and change and go and sign yeah. a central striker... And I still think you can get a really, really good striker out there for that
1: minute. But who, who's the good striker out there at the well, moment see, that we would be able to okay. say? The only one I can think of is Schick from Leverkusen, right? The only reason I say that is maybe I'll <laughs> get on with <laughs> from Leverkusen is a very good striker. Mm. He's done it on the international stage. He's played well for Leverkusen. I could see him coming in. He's still young. He's big. He's a number nine. He throws himself around. I would if if we were going for a striker, I think he'd be the one I'd like to see. I make a hammered for him. Yeah.
0: So look, this is an interesting question because um, I, I was I want to make a point earlier. The thing at the finish how we um, analyze players today has changed. The metrics that we used once before are no longer true, tell you a true story of a player's efficacy, right? So if we're looking at strikers in the old sense. That are goal scorers. That they're a central part of your team. That you know when you have a target man, it's number nine. You have to everything goes. Everything's about putting the ball in the middle. Get that uh, Get that individual. name, the, the, the crosses and everything else. I don't know if there's many of those players left. If you take a look at the young strikers that are coming through today, the they're not in that fashion anymore. They're not in the Cavani fashion. They're not in the old-fashioned number nine of Falcao where they're pure goal poachers. Now, academies are producing players that are much more interchangeable, that, like the Gabby Jesus. But the problem is, United are not... I, I don't know if they want a number nine like Haller. You know, it's different in Holland. You know, and I don't know if they want someone that... Isn't an out-and-out striker the way you would see... Like, if you took a look at Liverpool's front three, Jota, Salah, Mane, how many number nines is there? There's none. Uh, There's no number nines. There's really... You take a look at City, how many number nines were there pre pre pre-Holland? There was none. So, this is the thing. This is one of the the reasons why Bayern don't want to let Lewandowski go. Because there is no leg-for-leg replacement. So it, it may be that we, you know, you know, you take a look at Charters and and goes to Spurs. By no means a prolific goal scorer, but this is what I mean: how strikers and how we value, how we rate them, is going to change. So to me, I think, uh, why, if it is Anthony, and they, they, I, I'm okay with that. So or it could be someone obscure like a Gabriel Barbosa or someone like that. It's hard to know.
1: Gabriel Barbosa would be an interesting one, but I, d- I just can't see it happening. I think if if we're going to sign someone, it's going to be someone that United you know, have had their their eye on in the background. Someone that isn't going to upset. I think like you bring you bring in like Gabriel Barbosa. I think like there's a bit of uproar. Okay, we lost Ronaldo. We just brought in Gabriel Barbosa. Who is he? What's he done? Because the average fan doesn't know who Gabriel Barbosa is. Average yeah,
0: fan doesn't need to no, no, know him. Uh, no, but Chichardo but I was. Feel, I feel and... like who Ronaldo well, was that, when he that, spend and... that,
1: That's true, but whenever you're losing someone like Ronaldo, it has to be somewhat of a household name, in my opinion. I'm not saying it's a household name, by the way. But I'm saying, for the image and what it's going to do for United, they're going to have to go out. That's why I think the Lewandowski thing could happen, because I could see Ronaldo going to Bayern and Lewandowski coming to United. But
0: can't, that, you that, United cannot that what they need. United cannot save players because of image. United cannot same players because it looks good or because of the pieces. Look, I 100% agree. Like I agree with, with you. But that's what they have been doing.
1: That's what they yeah, have exactly, been doing. And that's what they've been doing Exactly, getting wrong. Which yeah. is
0: why they can't do that anymore, right? I yep, mean, you I could agree with. argue that's what happened with Ronaldo, right? Yep, 100%.
1: That's what happened
0: with Ronaldo, and, and you, Ronaldo, you, That's what so. happened with Alexis Sanchez, right? Yep, That's what 100%. happened with these players. Di Maria. Yeah, these were about, you know, image about sending a message, sending a statement. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You send a statement by how you play every week, right? That's 100%. the only thing that's sustainable. And if you look at players, I mean, I, I'll use Liverpool as an example. If you look at those players individually, there's only about two or three in there that you would really love to send, right? Right. Because they're not superstar. I wouldn't I wouldn't be excited if you had a Saint James Milner. I wouldn't have been excited if you had signed Andy Robertson before anyone knew who he was, who wasn't a household name. I wouldn't have been excited with Joe Matip. I wouldn't have been excited with Jordan Henderson holding my midfield. I wouldn't have been excited with with Mani even from going for Southampton because I don't when Van Hal was linked with him. Everyone was like, Jesus Christ. You know, yeah. so to me, mm-hmm. you know, this is where we have to get away from Oh, it has to be a household name. It has to have glamour. No, it doesn't. It has to be a player that fits what you're looking to do, that does everything right. That's what most people... I important. agree.
1: I agree with that well, point. James Milner, and James
0: is... Alex Ashley Chamberlain, no, I don't, mate. These Chamberlain, so that's what you need in your dressing room. No, I agree. But I think that the pars that be still have this in their head, that it needs to be a
1: household so. name. I think so. I'm telling you, I think, they don't have have think that's going to be the, the anymore,
0: They don't have the money to think at winning. One, United one other are. striker. They're behaving the one way they are because they have to.
1: One other striker I would consider is Broha, who's obviously on loan from Chelsea to Southampton. Well, was, um, there's talk of him going to Newcastle. I think he's young. I think he's very, very underrated, and I think he could make it in the Premier League. He showed last season glimpses of it, and I think with time at United he could do something. Whether or not Chelsea would sell the United, I'm not too sure.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I am not. I think if United are going to lose Ronaldo, they have to get somebody a little higher level than that because they're going to have to replace those goals somehow. That being said, um, it's not fair to say Ronaldo scored all these goals, where would we be without him? I mean, it's, it's like saying, with, where would we be without David De Gea's saves? You know, you'd have another goalkeeper yep. in there who would be making them. Mm-hmm. You know, so if United hadn't got Ronaldo in there, there'd be another striker. And Hog's going to have to improve what he has. You know, there's no question. All of those players are better than what we've seen. I you don't know? I mean, so that's going to have to be something's got to, to do. Uh, any more questions, man?
1: There's, we've covered every other one basically. To be honest with you, so all the other questions, apart from one here, it's for you. Um, I'll read it out now. Place, so it's it? from uh, <laughs> <laughs> it should be with some of the M sheds you've made today, <laughs> you but uh, Ramit, Ranabir Mitra said, What incentivization structure do we prefer at Manchester United? Paying bonuses for team achievement mm. versus paying for individual achievements within the team, Known full well that the former is not preferred by players and agents when negotiating, is this where we're going wrong?
0: I definitely think that's a fact. I've covered this a lot in this podcast. Um, it's certainly how United needed incentivise players, it has to change because they have mutual interest in how incentivize players. That's also United's incentive. It's in incentive. But you find it really difficult to fester a collective spirit when you do that. So I think uh, you have to get that right. You have to get that balance right. The likes of Real Madrid get that balance right. I, I mean, that's what United have to do. And I wish Manchester United were Real Madrid in the sense that they could go out and send a 100 million midfielder to replace the other one, saying Camavinga. But United just aren't Real Madrid, never have been. And, you know, biggest club in the world is market and Slogan's not reality they are not the biggest football club in the world as much as I'd want them to be, uh, and, and so I think um, yeah, that's that's a bit a lot to say on that. So uh, yeah. Anyway, uh mate, we'll go ahead and leave it there. Thanks to all of you for all their all your uh, downloads, likes, retweets, follows, everything. We're going to be very busy throughout the next few weeks. I'll be giving you lots of updates as I get them. Uh, just quickly, as we said on the De Jong thing, it's primarily down to the complexity of his contract, which was demonstrated in the market earlier. So um, still cautiously optimistic on that. Let's hope it happens. come all the best, mate. Take it easy. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one, Phil. Cheers, folks. Bye.